0: Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. I am the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News in lovely Denver, Colorado. Jason Luber, and this is the show where we talk all things transportation, not just driving, but walking and biking and sharing and commuting, anything that gets you from here to there. Today, our normal co-host, Joseph Peters, he's off in Vermont or somewhere up in the New England area, doing New England-y kind of stuff, I guess. Uh, But I I understand he's also picking up a car from a relative of some sort and then is supposed to drive it all the way back here to Colorado. So that should be a pretty interesting adventure and story by a guy who just recently earned his driver's license again after many years of not driving. So you have a guy who hasn't driven in a long time, driving for a long time, almost across the country. So if you want to earn some miles... And you want to get some miles under your belt, that's sure way to do it, driving across the country.
1: Good practice. Yeah,
0: exactly. So in his place, I have secured the services of the one and the only, the president of the Driving You Crazy podcast fan club, reporter anchor extraordinaire, Nicole Brady. Hello, Nicole. Yes,
1: back on the cast. Happy to be here. I'm
0: glad to have you here on the pod, as we (laughs) like to say in the biz, right?
1: Yeah, one of those, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, y- your your insights are always truly enlightening. You always have a different take on things, and uh, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and, and frankly, you do smell better than Joseph.
1: Thank you. And yes. you look
0: better than Joseph, too. Uh, <laughs> later on in the show, we're going to have an interview with Becca Jenkins. She's an editor with Finance Buzz, who is going to be talking about the most and least expensive airports to fly from. And it's an interesting list, and we'll talk to her about that. And Becca also is living the RV lifestyle. She and her husband and her cat live in an RV full-time. And right now they are in southwest Colorado over in Creed, right? Not too far from Durango and Telluride, so that's where they're camping right now. Beautiful
1: area. It sure is, Um,
0: and we will talk to her in a little bit. Also going to be talking uh, about a couple of stories that you covered for the morning show today. One of them was about the safest cities to drive in. Yes. And there's a, a couple that are here in Colorado, a couple across the country as well. And we'll also talk about another story you covered about some of the favorite safety features in, in newer cars. We'll talk all about that as well, becoming right? becoming
1: more and more common. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: But first, I, I try to keep... Encouraging our listeners to give us a call here on the Driving You Crazy podcast. I have set up a voicemail system. Still bupkis on the voicemails. Zero. It oh. is it, it is like on, worse. It's worse than playing uh, against the United States women's soccer team. Oh. Yeah. Zero. Yeah, All want, I want is a voicemail.
1: Even a bad one. Come on. A bad one, good one. We good actually one? really want a complaint. I yeah. would love
0: complaints. Yeah. That number, by the way, 303. 832-0217. It goes right to the voice. but no, no ringing involved. Just goes right there.
1: All right. I'll get some people to call in.
0: Well, thank you. <laughs> well, there's a national radio show called the Ty Ventili Show. Yeah, sure. Apparently, it's on many country radio stations around the country. And he had a caller leave them a message that I think would be better suited for us here mm. on the Driving You Crazy podcast. So, so check this out. Listen to this. We didn't have tornadoes here. Until we started putting into traffic circles, because on the counter you want to know why. When people go round and round in circles, it causes disturbance in the atmosphere and causes tornadoes. Yeah, so so there so there you go. Yeah, the traffic circles are responsible for tornadoes.
1: Okay, now how many people go round and round in those? You're supposed to get out of the circle. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. Well, I think what he's talking about (laughs) is the accumulation. Of okay. all the people in the traffic circle uh, that doing it all the time, not just one or two drivers, mm. but many drivers mm. going through the traffic circles, which is causing a spinning of the atmosphere, and then boom, tornadoes.
1: Tornadoes, okay.
0: But so why that, wouldn't that, you have tornadoes every day?
1: I, I would think we'd have a lot of really random, sporadic, all over the place tornadoes, too. Mm. So, strange. I don't know who who uh, refuted him. Were they able to? Yeah,
0: uh, they didn't. They just kind of they just played it, and, <laughs> and they giggled like we are right now. Um, but this guy was up in northeast Pennsylvania,
1: okay. And they have
0: seen some tornadoes this season where they haven't seen them in the past.
1: So oh. I think people
0: are grasping at any straw to explain it could be causing it. It couldn't
1: possibly be climate change or anything like that.
0: It it could be a lot of things. (laughs) Obviously, tornadoes are not caused by traffic circles. No. If they were, they would be all over the mountains. We have a lot of traffic circles Mm -hmm. up by Vail and Avon and all the towns, mountain towns, have traffic circles everywhere. And we never see tornadoes up there. No. Right? I, I did appreciate his enthusiasm, though for his theory of the traffic circles causing the tornado. sounded
1: confident. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Again, if you have a gripe, do you have any gripes? Oh. Would you call the voicemail and leave a gripe?
1: I'll I'll call your voicemail and gripe. You okay. know what? I think you fixed Did you ever make a call on the one I complained about, the the, the lanes, Broadway the thing? The lanes that were not They that, said that, they that, were going to fix it. You know, the, it seemed better. See? Recently. So I think you might have fixed my problem. Well... <laughs> and and I'll, I'll quickly explain. It was just these lanes on Broadway south of C470 that go from two lanes to three. And then there, you can still see the lines from the old lane. And you can't tell which lane you're in anymore. And so it always causes a bunch of problems for people trying to get into one or the other. And, uh, and, and it, now they're clear. And they seem to make sense. So just in the last week.
0: Mainly, it was a problem for you, and, and you wanted it fixed because it's your own personal road. Per-
1: exactly. I should be able to drive in the right lane <laughs> that I want to li- be in. All the time. All the time.
0: Again, if you have uh, complaints, questions, commentary, like Nicole yeah. does, maybe I'll just have you leave some hey, voicemail. Hey, he
1: solves problems. Guys, call.
0: <laughs> 303-832-0217. A contractor working out a road in western Missouri, they were putting down some of those hard plastic reflectors. You've seen them; they look like uh, a little uh, corner. They not quite an L, but more just of a corner piece of plastic, right? And on one side is a reflector. So you can, and you mostly see them in states without snow plows that would plow these things right off the road. Well, the reflector adhesive that was making it stick to the road, it wasn't working for the contractor because the road had uh, recently been wet. Hmm. It had been raining in the area, and so the, the, it, wasn't, it wasn't working. So what would you think is a more solid way, but maybe not more smart way, to make sure that those reflectors stick into the road and don't move? Glue. Yeah, that's a good one. But but that takes a while to dry. Mm -hmm. How about you nail them down to the road?
1: Ah, yeah.
0: Nailed it. (laughs) Some brainiac working for that contractor (laughs) nailed down the reflectors. (laughs) And as you can imagine, as soon as the cars drove over them, the reflectors came up out of the road, exposing the nail to vulnerable tires. Ah. And yes, many tires were flattened. From the nails that were in the reflectors, and the city had dozens of drivers in just one morning get flat tires because of it, and, wow. it, and it wasn't hard to prove because the reflector and the nail were sticking out of the tire. Yeah.
1: Uh, who's uh, responsible for that damage? Uh, the so the they, contractor. They will? Okay, yes.
0: yeah. Uh, they were contacted, and they were the ones that had to pay for all the fix-a-flats nice. that they did that day.
1: I had a flat tire just last week. Oh, you did? Or two weeks ago, yeah. And it was uh, the second one I've had recently where it was an obvious uh, obstruction that I ran over. One was a bolt, like a huge metal bolt-looking thing. That pierced a tire, and then now two weeks ago, they pulled out some uh, piece of metal that I must have run over in my garage, so I what? used it as a reason to get on my husband for the 50th time to clean the garage. <laughs> <laughs> because now I'm running, because I, I got the flat right as I left yeah. my house. Ah. So it must have been right there.
0: So why does he have all this metal just all I over have the garage no floor? no
1: idea where the metal, the metal piece came from i don't know
0: is he a it's junk just, collector he's a
1: junk collector he is yeah is I'm your not, garage or you oh, should take awful. pictures and
0: post post your garage i will
1: okay do we have a site where i can post this yes okay. awful
0: yeah. <laughs> i uh
1: he worked on it this weekend though oh really so i'm not parking in it right now it's still a kind of in process but um but yeah i'm hopeful that this might be it That's we'll see
0: one thing i like is a tidy garage
1: Oh yeah, I see other garages, and that's I have garage envy. Yes. When I drive by people's houses <laughs> with open garages, and I see two cars in there, <laughs> or just emptiness, ah, oh, that's my, that's the dream.
0: Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it? Doesn't take much. Uh, there is no argument that fiddling with your phone while driving mm-hmm. is a distraction, right? Obviously. Well, it's even more so when you're trying to use your phone to search and watch a video. Now, I have to admit, I, I have watched tv on my phone while i'm driving just yesterday i was driving over to go get video for a story i was doing for this morning and i had on uh my phone the world cup soccer game
1: okay
0: so i, I was actually just glancing listening at listening yes more than and i watching. do and i like okay. to and i do like to listen more than i i like to watch
1: mm-hmm.
0: however kevin bacon no not not, not that not that kevin, not bacon. That kevin okay. bacon this is kevin bacon of vermont And he was on his phone using Google to search for a specific episode of the 1990s TV sitcom Saved by the Bell when he (sighs) sideswiped a Vermont police car that had stopped so a trooper could help the driver of a disabled vehicle.
1: (laughs) I think that was an episode.
0: (laughs) Now, the driver of the broken down car called police for assistance, quote, due to the dangers of passing traffic, neither person on the side of the road, neither the trooper or the person that was actually being assisted was hurt. And after hitting the police car, Mr. Bacon continued driving for a short distance, then stopped his vehicle before running away. R-U-N-N-O-F-T. He off. He was caught about a mile from the crash. Now, according to police, Kevin was looking down at his cell phone at the time of the crash, as well as several minutes beforehand, and never saw the disabled vehicle or the marked police cruiser. Investigators determined that Mr. Bacon was using his phone to surf the internet for a specific episode of the 90s television show Saved by the Bell. Are you a Saved by the a Bell
1: Huge Saved by the Bell fan. Really. And I'm wondering what episode it was, yeah.
0: The episode was Screech's spaghetti sauce.
1: Ah, yes. You remember I, I, that fondly? I remember it. Do you really? I, I, I swear to God. No, you don't. I remember every episode of Saved by the Bell. Uh, it's why? sad. It's uh <laughs> No one listening to this isn't going to know what I'm talking about. See, they, I even remember the slogan. What is it? The sauce that so you can have, the secret. <laughs> she, she's a mom. <laughs> oh, good grief. Oh, my God. <laughs> I watch that show every day of high school, middle school, probably every Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah.
0: You are the Saved by the Bell yes, expert. I,
1: I, so they they did. They found the episode. Wow, that's hilarious. Punky Brewster was in that episode. A, the actress really? Soleil Moon Frye, yeah, was in. Punky Brewster was in that episode See, you of Saved are the Bell. I'm super fan. This is really sad. Yeah,
0: it apparently aired during the fifth season of okay. Saved by the Bell.
1: Yeah, it was a later one.
0: Uh, police never indicated why that episode was in such <sighs> interest to Mr. Bacon, but obviously it was a great episode, and maybe he was trying to look up. Episodes by Punky Brewster.
1: Maybe. Maybe he wanted to know if that was the actress in that. See? I do. Uh, you know, it's surprising, though, there were, there were other episodes involving vehicles, too, that, that oh, really? would have been great. Yeah. L- when, uh, Lisa's, like? when Lisa's stepbrother, Eric, comes to town <laughs> from New York and he's suddenly the, the, he's kind of Zach's rival, uh, they get him to crash Mr. Belding's car. Oh. So, you know, that would have been a good episode sure. tying in with this. But, yeah. I I don't know. He should just call me
0: (laughs) next time. Maybe everybody could call. Maybe I could could just tell
1: him the whole episode, and uh, yeah, answer any questions he might have.
0: (laughs) If you have questions about any Saved by the Bell (laughs) episode, three zero three eight three two zero two one seven, and I'll hook you up with Nicole. There you go. Uh, (laughs) According to an IMDb description of that episode. This is what they describe it as, even okay. though you have pretty much told us what it is. They said, the gang produces a television show for communications class with the sauce Screech makes during the cookery segment proving it a hit. They decided to market it, and Screech gains a girlfriend, but he refuses to believe uh, it, and she is just using him.
1: Yeah, that's, that's Punky Brewster. She u- plays the girlfriend. She's using him.
0: See? There you go. More context. Mm-hmm. All righty, then. Who knew?
1: Yeah. You learn something new when you have me on
0: the podcast. (laughs) There were a couple other interesting transportation Uh, stories that you were covering today. Yeah. One of them was about the cities with the best drivers. So where are they around the country?
1: Well, the, the top cities, the top city, this is Allstate's annual best, it's Allstate America's Best Drivers Survey, and they've done this for 15 years. And the top cities, uh, there's movement every year, but Fort Collins, Colorado, has been the top city in the past. They, they're they seventh on the list this year, but Fort Collins has done really well in, in recent years even. And uh, Colorado Springs was in the top 15 this year, number 13. Brownsville, Texas was number one. For a safe and, city. For a safe driving city. And the way they rank these is the likelihood of having a collision. So they look at the difference between uh, how often people are in crashes in those cities compared to the national average. National average is about once a decade someone's in a crash. In Brownsville, for example, I think it's maybe once every 14 years. Fort Collins, it was maybe once every 12 point something years. So a little bit less often than the national average. I wonder
0: if it's population age.
1: I looked at the populations of some of the cities. There are more big cities, LA, San Francisco, Oakland, Baltimore, Maryland. Those were some of the worst cities. So obviously the bigger cities seem to have more accidents.
0: But I would think Brownsville would be maybe a retirement, well, more retirement age older people as well. It could be, yeah. And then, you know,
1: in. sizable city enough. I think it was 180,000 people. Fort Collins is about 160,000, 70,000 people. And Colorado Springs is obviously a pretty big city, 400-some thousand people. So so these are somewhat large cities still, um, or medium-sized. But... Um, but yeah, maybe I—I I don't know. I'm trying to think of some of the others on the list. The age is interesting. I think—I think there was one in Arizona. Scottsdale was on the oh, top sure. 15, and that might have an older population too. So that's interesting. I'd have to—I'd have to look again. See? Yeah. Um, so those were some of the safer ones in Colorado. Thornton and Lakewood um, were both above the nat—better than the national average. Uh, fairly close to it, and then Denver and Aurora were worse than the national average. Denver ranked 83 in the survey, Aurora ranked 92, and I believe it said you were 15% more likely to get in a crash in Aurora than the national average.
2: It
0: would be interesting to see some of the large cities that are seeing explosive growth, like Nashville, um, Charlotte, Mm -hmm. Denver. Some of these cities are really seeing some expansive growth right now, and I would be interested in the numbers from maybe a couple of years ago before seeing that maybe five years ago and then those numbers now and see how they've changed with the number of people that have moved here
1: sure with denver 15 years that they've been doing that survey i'll have to go back and look at what denver's ranking was 15 years ago if we can still find that data but i think you can well even just in the
0: last five years
1: but yeah or five years yeah Um, But, yeah, I mean, our numbers have in the last few years haven't moved that much. Fort Collins has been kind of the best one in Colorado. Springs has been sort of second. Uh, So, yeah, I'd have to go look and see, though, how Denver's has shifted.
0: And you also covered a story today uh, about the technology that's in these newer cars that's helping you out. Yeah,
1: so ideally someday we won't have nearly as many crashes, obviously, because cars are becoming safer, they say. And a lot of the reason for that are some of these safety features that are now standard in so many newer model cars. And Consumer Reports came out with a survey of about 70,000 vehicle owners to see which features have actually helped prevent a crash in their lives. So, so users of Consumer Reports were surveyed, and they said, well, I, I have this feature, and it, it prevented a crash So so I like this feature. They found that about 60% of people surveyed said that they like the blind spot warning system. So that was the highest rated one, actually. Um, That one will tell you, I guess, if if another vehicle's in your blind spot before you merge over.
0: You can see that in the uh side mirrors
1: yeah there's a light
0: on the side mirrors because when I'm driving I don't have that on my car mm-hmm. but I can see it on the other cars as oh, I'm right. coming up to them I can see that that light will pop Has on gone off for yeah them. for them and they then notice that I would be there
1: that's good yeah, yeah I guess that's good if you for, for so it's good for the people well. even who yeah. don't
0: have it like me at least those folks Know that know I'm that here. You're coming.
1: Yeah. No. Great point. That even if you don't have the features, the other vehicles having them might help. I've heard over the years that we've talked about these features. I've heard people talk about how oh, none of us look in our mirrors anymore, and these kids are just relying on the the features and don't bother looking backwards just to see if there's an something behind them. They just rely on the camera or the sensor. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I think you still have to practice safe driving and, and use all available tools, including looking and glancing in mirrors. But it's such a great extra precaution to have, to have that backing sensor that tells you if there's something behind you. Uh, I've used that a lot. So the backing sensor was a big one on there, the rear. Um, but, but those the,
0: usually come with a camera too, right? Yeah,
1: and a camera. They usually have that camera that you can look at yeah. on your dashboard there. There's the fronts. front uh, a collision avoidance sensor. Uh, Front collision warning. There's, uh, and then the automatic braking that comes with some of these. So, not only do some have the sensor that will tell you and beep if you're about to hit something, some actually will break the vehicle. I mean, will stop the vehicle. B R A K E.
0: (laughs) Thank you for that clarification. Some, Some of them
1: will hit the brakes for you. And I've heard, I've talked to people who've had those who have said, yeah, they. You know, they've almost hit their garbage can out in in the driveway a couple times, but the car has stopped them from hitting that. So it's, and that one, the the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety has said really does prevent a lot of crashes, having the automatic braking.
0: Well, and it would probably, in your uh, example there, save lives of especially little kids. Because we've heard those tragic stories about people backing up in their driveway or going forward in their driveway and, and hitting a kid.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the driveways or parking lots, any of those places where people walk right by your, your car before it backs out, those could be a lifesaver. So, uh, yeah, I think I mean, I think the only problem is, you know, my sensor, I, I'll be driving and all of a sudden my car will tell me brake and there's nothing in front of me. <laughs> so I don't think they're always reliable. I'd rather have it go off when it's not a problem than not go off when it is. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Um, about some of the kinks that might still need to be worked out with some of these. And maybe it's a dirty camera. Maybe it's picking up, sensing something, you know, that I'm not, that's not really a a huge danger, but it's something that was in the way of the vehicle. Dust or something. I I mean, Rocks getting picked But it usually, but it has prevented. I've I've had several times where it's gone off when I'm in sort of stop-and-go traffic and the front sensor goes off when I've maybe... Looked away for a second and not realized that traffic has stopped again. Um, and I've certainly the backing one has been a huge, it's, you know, sa- has saved me probably from backing into mostly things and not people. But
0: yeah. <laughs> how how does it work in the rain? I would think the snow would. Yeah,
1: I mean, I've pretty had much to, shut it down. Yeah, the, they get they do get dirty, and and I've had the weather where where um I've had to clean off the back camera. Because you can't see it anymore. Um, yeah, I don't think they work as well in those conditions. I think they're more likely to have those false false alarms. That's gonna be a mm-hmm. big
0: problem with autonomous, yeah. fully autonomous cars in the future is is weather driving driving in yes. in snow, especially you can you can be in areas around the country where the snow's a little bit wetter. Maybe it's in the springtime, a springtime snow where it's a little bit heavier and thicker, and it gets coated on the car and on all the sensors. So if that goes away, then your autonomy goes away. Right. I and mean, it would be great. In Phoenix, you're not going to have to worry about that. But you will yeah. in Boston.
1: Yeah. Or obviously. Buffalo. Or here sometimes. Or here. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Um, I don't know how close we are to getting you know, fully autonomous it does seem like th- there's a general consensus though that having these features makes us safer. There are fewer crashes some some crashes are being prevented by by these features.
0: another problem people do is that they have their side mirror set too far in hmm. so they can see the side of their cars. yes, they should actually have it a little bit farther out where you're not seeing the side of your car and there is a there is a technique to to get it set the right way so you can see far enough so you really don't have a blind spot if you are checking the side mirrors and your rear view mirror at the you should have almost an overlap between the two mm. if somebody's coming along the side
1: you know what i've noticed in recent uh, couple of vehicles i've had that are suvs or small suvs is that i the blind spot you can't i can't look for it anymore you you have to rely on the mirror or have that sensor, which I don't have. Like I said, because if I look behind me, if I turn to my right and try to look, the the seat blocks yeah. blocks it, and uh, and there are lots of um, I think there's even like a something in my dash on the left side of the of the driver's side kind of that blocks part of my view of certain possible hazards out there. So in some ways, I feel like I my car. <laughs> <laughs> just the design of it is, l- is less safe than when I drove a sedan and maybe had shorter seats or something was different about that where I could see easily out my windows.
0: Yeah, we were looking at different cars when, before we bought the one uh, for my wife. And one of the problems with the, oh, I couldn't, I can't remember the name of, or one of the cars. It was just the, the hood, instead of it actually angling down, mm-hmm. it was straight. And so it was really hard mm-hmm. for her, especially because she's little. To see over the front of the car. Okay. And to see anything in the front. Yeah. So that was a major problem, and so it, it pretty much eliminated that car from contention.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that that's a good point. There are literally some cars, maybe based on your size as a person or your comfort level, that just that, that block your view. Yeah.
0: So that's interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm glad you were able to cover those stories today.
1: Yeah. And, and good good surveys that came out.
0: Uh, have you ever noticed that it's more expensive to fly out of certain cities than other cities? Sure. Yeah. The, well, the website Finance Buzz, they looked at the average domestic airfare from the 45 busiest airports around the country to learn which ones have the highest and lowest fares, to talk about the cities and the list. I've invited Becca Jenkins. She's the editor of Finance Buzz to be here on the show. Becca, thanks for being here and welcome to the Driving You Crazy podcast.
2: Thank you, Jason. Very excited to be here with you.
0: Now, before we get into the list, how did you guys collect the data?
2: Yeah. So our team at Finance Buzz, we compared the airfares from the 45 busiest airports in the U.S. and we used data published by the U.S. Department of Transportation. Uh, altogether, we looked at Uh, These airports serve as the departure point for over 500 million passengers. Uh, And then we also looked at some information from the FAA regarding airport boarding and airport performance.
0: So that's a lot of data to hang on to. So how did you find the lowest fares of uh, which city and and why are they the lowest?
2: Yeah, so like I said, we analyzed that we compared the top 45 Busiest, um, And we looked at the volume, and we also looked at the average airfare, and that includes round-trip and one-way, all averaged out. So um, the the three least expensive on average are actually the, the very least expensive is McCarran International Airport out of Las Vegas. So uh, that's great for anyone who wants whatever happens in Vegas to stay in <laughs> Vegas. It's right. really inexpensive to travel there on average. Uh, the next two were Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, and Orlando both down in Florida.
0: Yeah, they are destinations that people want to go to, but it also seems like they would be destinations people wouldn't want to leave. So maybe that's why some of the fares are a little bit lower.
2: Right. People just, they, they only fly there once and then never come back. So it's not expensive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Well, maybe in Las Vegas because they lost all their money.
2: Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a double-edged sword there. Yeah. <laughs> But what we discovered actually about those three is interesting, is that all three of those are hubs for the low-cost carrier Spirit Airlines. Um, so the because Spirit's airfare overall is generally lower, it's pulling down those averages. The rub on that is that Spirit doesn't include uh, baggage and some of the other fees in their airfare. So it's a little bit of a, a false low price.
0: Well, and you would think that Denver then, I know it's number seven on your list, but they have a uh, low-cost carrier as well, Frontier, hubbed here. And they do the same thing. They have the low airfare. However, you have to buy seats and bags and all the other stuff. And Allegiant is much of the same.
2: Yep, exactly. And also Southwest does a lot out of out of Denver also. Um, Frontier, United, and Southwest actually account for 85% of the traffic in and out of Denver. And United is the reason um, that that the price isn't as low at Denver as say like McCarran or Fort Lauderdale because United is on average more expensive, but then it does include, you know, more of the things that you might pay extra for on Frontier Southwest.
0: Yeah, because Denver comes in at number seven, but it's also the highest volume up to that point on the list as the second busiest airport. You would think that high volume airports then would translate to lower fares.
2: Yeah, and interestingly, they don't. And, you know, uh, airlines and airports have a lot of things that go into their prices uh, that aren't as simple as how we might imagine it works, just as people buying our tickets. Um, similarly, the, the two busiest airports out of these 45 were Los Angeles and Chicago O'Hare, and they fell right in the middle. So, kind of backing up that idea that volume doesn't necessarily translate to the lowest price.
0: I'm speaking with Becca Jenkins. She's the Finance Buzz editor, and, and we're talking about what are some of the most busy airports and the lowest fares at those airports. What are the five most expensive airports to fly to and from?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So the single most expensive is Washington Dulles International. That's followed by Charlotte Douglas International in North Carolina. The next one is Bush Intercontinental in Texas. Then Newark Liberty International in New Jersey. And then finally, the, the fifth most expensive is JFK International in New York.
0: Now at the bottom of the list, I guess, are the ones there in New York. That That's not good for the folks that want to go or to or from uh, New York City.
2: Yeah, on the plus side. So we actually, in addition to analyzing these 45, uh, we looked at certain metropolitan areas to see what the variance was between the different airports. And and we looked at a 70-mile radius. That seemed to us, you know, to be a reasonable amount you might travel for a for a good ticket price. And in New York, between the four airports in that radius, so that's JFK. LaGuardia, Stewart International, and Newark, there's actually almost a 42% variance in price from the highest to the lowest. So if you're willing to drive, you you do have options.
0: Yeah, well, I've always said that if your flight is going to be within an eight-hour drive, it's probably worth it just to drive rather than deal with the Getting to the airport, going through the security check, waiting at the gate because you have to get there an hour and a half or sometimes two hours early and then all the time it takes to fly. Sometimes I think it's easier just to drive, even though it's not as fun, uh, than uh, going to the airport and going through all that stuff.
2: Totally, totally true. The other thing that that may be good about maybe driving partway, like driving out to one of these regional airports, is that they may have uh, – you know shorter lines both for baggage and security and maybe easier to park than at some of the big airports so you may save time by driving that little bit
0: yeah there are advantages like for me flying out of colorado springs i live on the south side of denver And it's about a 10-minute farther drive for me to get to the Springs Airport than it is to get to Denver International Airport. And I save money in parking because it's so much less expensive. I don't have to ride the shuttle when I do park. I I don't wait in the half-hour security line. It's just a (laughs) walk-up, and there's like maybe three or four people there. At the gate, there's just a few people there. It's one concourse, and it's so much easier also when you get off the plane. Boom, you're back in your car within 15 minutes.
2: Yeah, I used to live in Los Angeles. I'm in Colorado now also, but I used to live in Los Angeles and I used to drive all the way out to Burbank for the same reason. Um, in Los Angeles, the, the highest to lowest price is actually a 73% difference, which is massive. So when you couple that savings with the shorter lines, sometimes it really can be worth it to take that drive.
0: And I was looking at the airfares from, let's say, Dallas-Fort Worth. They're at number 40 is on the list. But Uh, Dallas's Love Field is eighth on the list, and they have an average fare difference of about $80. So Mm -hmm. it it must be that same case where you have the smaller airport versus the bigger airport uh, that's uh, working against you.
2: Yeah, there's a a few different factors that go into that. One is just the carriers that are there. If it's a more regional airport, they may have more of the ultra-low-cost carriers like JetBlue, Frontier, Allegiant, that's pulling down that average price versus the more traditional carriers. It may also be that the airport itself is more expensive for those airlines to be at, and then that price is getting passed on if it's a highly competitive airport for those airlines to get into.
0: Are there any tricks to finding some of the lowest fares?
2: Yeah there's a lot of tricks. Uh, So one of the things to be uh, mindful of is if you are looking at those just the airfare price alone and looking at things like Spirit or Southwest or Allegiant is to remember that all the fees are not included. So it's a little bit of a false low price. You can get around that by when you're booking your ticket at home on your computer pay for your check-in for your bag then pay for your carry-on if they charge a carry-on fee like some of them do. The longer you wait. The further you wait in the process to pay for those things, if you pay at the desk, if you pay at the gate, you're going to pay more and more along the way. So if you pay for those fees earlier on, you can still keep that ticket price pretty low.
0: And you know what? This is a anecdotal story that over the weekend, I, I've been looking for airfares from Denver to Orlando. My family were taking a family cruise for my mother-in-law's 70th birthday in October. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so I've been I've been doing a lot of research and I I have the Hopper app and I've been I've been looking for a lot of different fares well I came across one that I think was going to work out for me that goes from Colorado Springs again a smaller I I hope cheaper airport and, <laughs> and and they had a flight that went from Colorado Springs to Atlanta and then connected from Atlanta to Orlando Now their fare price I I can't remember the exact price but I do know that it was about $40 higher than me booking the one-way from Colorado Springs to Atlanta and then separately booking another one-way from Atlanta to Orlando. Exact same flights, exact same times, exact same layover. It was actually less expensive to book two segments rather than the one segment.
2: Nice, nice. Yeah, and that goes back to how the different airlines are set up. Some of them, like some of the ultra-low-cost carriers, will go directly from regional airport to regional airport. The bigger, more traditional airlines do the hub-and-spoke method where you get routed in and out of cities like Atlanta or Denver, for example. Um, And there's so much that goes into their pricing that it definitely pays to do that research and do that analysis. And Hopper is a great app for that. I use Hopper. Uh, You can also set price alerts in Google Flights, and you can use websites like Dollar Flight Club Uh, And set alerts. uh, Say what city you want to go to. Say what your price threshold is. And if you're a little flexible or you're planning out well in advance, you can find some good deals.
0: If I didn't have the family and about, I don't know, four cases of luggage that were taken with us, uh, I would have done skip lagged because I found a really good flight that went from uh, Denver to Orlando and then was continuing on to Miami. uh, And it was actually a lot cheaper than the direct going to uh, Orlando.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) You know, another great thing you can do as far as, you know, trying to use the ultra low cost carriers and then dealing with all the extra fees is that you can try to get like a co-branded travel credit card, like say like a United Visa card, Um, because often those will come with a free checked bag. So you can game it a little bit by using some of those co-branded cards.
0: I'm speaking with Becca Jenkins. She's an editor at Finance Buzz, and we're talking about airfares and their list of some of the most expensive and least expensive airports to fly in and out of. Are you expecting when the MAX 737 debacle is finally settled, when some of those planes come back in service, do you think it's going to affect some of the prices for maybe late summer, early fall, maybe even holiday travel?
2: I would have to think so. I mean, I've been reading the news every morning and, and all of the, you know, different travel organizations are following that pretty closely and all the the various uh you know credit card travel rewards groups have been following it and i would i would have to think so that once that gets cleared up that things will get simpler for everybody
0: so you would think that more capacity more airplanes and then can start adding some more routes and maybe some of the prices would drop i was i was hoping for that but i just can't seem to wait to book my flight that long it just you you, you get a little bit nervous
2: yeah, and sometimes, like you, like you just said, especially if you're traveling for business, you don't have a lot of choice about when you're going or which day you're going. And that's when those apps and those price alerts really help so that you can, you can keep an eye on it. Also, using something like a travel rewards card, using the points on it, cashing those in at times like that to help you get those ticket prices down.
0: If the audience wants to see this list and read more about it, where can they find it?
2: Yeah, so you can find us at financebuzz.com, uh, spelled just like it sounds.
0: Perfect. So you're uh, in Colorado now?
2: Yeah, I'm down in Cortez for the nice. summertime. Oh, for yeah. the whole summer? For the whole summer, yeah. And then I think we're going up to uh, Fruta for the winter. My, we, my husband and I, we actually live in an RV, so we just move <laughs> where the weather's good. Wow, well,
0: <laughs> that's interesting. That's, inter- that's a whole different interesting topic.
2: Yeah, exactly. So
0: what's it like living in an RV?
2: It's a lot of fun. You know, it's like any choice in life. There's pros and cons and things you give up and things you gain. Um, But we've been doing it for a little over two and a half years. Uh, So we like it.
0: (laughs) So you don't have really a home base or do you have a home base where you could have mail delivered and then sent to you? How does all that work?
2: Yeah, so there's actually, it's a it's a growing trend, actually, and um, certain states are really friendly to it, like Texas, South Dakota, uh, Florida are all very RVer friendly, and you can use mail forwarding services set up in those states um, so that you can handle, you know, personal items, you have a place to register for your driver's license, all that sort of thing.
0: Wow. You, I would imagine you don't have children, right?
2: No, we've got one very spoiled cat.
0: How does the cat like to ride in the uh, RV?
2: She doesn't like it on the days we move, but otherwise she's good. (laughs) Does she
0: ever go outside the RV?
2: We have a little harness we put her on. Sometimes we take her outside. She's pretty shy, so she doesn't go out too much.
0: So over the past two years, where have you traveled? Where'd you start? And and obviously you ended up here in Colorado.
2: Yeah, and I'm not sure where we're going to leave Colorado now. We love it so much. But um, we started in North Idaho and worked our way across... Wyoming, Nebraska, we were actually in Nebraska for the, uh, the eclipse a couple years ago, yeah. at, right at the, right on it, which was amazing. Um, and then South Dakota, Kansas, spent a bunch of time in Texas. Um, we wintered in Arizona the past two winters. And uh, yeah, just went from Arizona to Colorado this year and uh, have just kind of stuck here.
0: so how how do you keep i I guess this is one way uh doing this job with finance buzz is one way to keep earning some money right for you and your husband
2: yeah we actually both feel very lucky we both work remotely my my husband works in customer service for a different website so we literally can go anywhere that our cell phones work and we just hotspot off our cell phones
0: that's remarkable it really is it's a whole different lifestyle i guess
2: yeah, it's uh like I said, we feel very lucky, and uh, I can't really imagine doing anything else at this point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this could go on indefinitely, then, huh?
2: Yeah, that's the. But my parents are also full time RVers, so it might just be in my blood. So wow, yeah.
0: well, that's yeah. fantastic. That is yeah. really that's really fun. That's a fun story. Yeah, yeah. Interesting lifestyle. I was talking to uh, some guys that do that all the time. They rent camper vans. It's called native camper vans and they rent these vans that they've retrofitted and outfitted uh, for people to live in for a week or a couple of days or several weeks, which is pretty interesting, and I was talking to him about that uh, lifestyle, and he says, yeah, there's some people that really love it, and there's some people that are trying to get used to it, but can't quite get on board.
2: There's definitely a learning curve. I mean, not only do you have to get rid of, like, almost everything you own but then it's just you know if you were in rv parks you have really close neighbors but then if you're out boondocking in the woods you don't have certain amenities so you know it's not for everybody and there's definitely a learning curve but uh but it can be a lot of fun
0: and you would have to be on a pretty serious budget too i would imagine
2: yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason we did it, it was a debt reduction minimalism thing is, is how it started. And also, we just love to travel and we kept moving all the time. So we were like, well, let's stop. Let's just sell our stuff so we don't have to pack. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you definitely have to keep track of the finances. And if you move too much, it can actually get really expensive.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, maybe you're going to drift uh, maybe the southeast. You haven't gone to the southeast or the Midwest yet.
2: No, I'm from Michigan, and uh, I got my fill of humidity and mosquitoes already.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. There you go. Yeah. All right, Becca, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much.
2: Yes, thank you. It was great to talk to you, and I hope you enjoy your day.
0: Again, that was Becca Jenkins, the editor with Finance Buzz, living the RV life. Could you live an RV life?
1: I don't think I could not right now, at least. But- As I've spoken about my garage problem before, I would love to get to the point where I had so little stuff that I could if I wanted to live in an RV. I've covered the tiny home festival, which just happened here, again, in Adams County, where they they bring all these fancy tiny homes up. And I look at those and think, well, I mean, that's basically like living in an RV. and, uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, you've got a lot of nice comfy features in those. It's just, yeah. you can go visit a lot of places and see the country, but yeah, you got to let go of a lot of
0: stuff. Exactly. And, and it's interesting because I, I always told my wife, I, I wanted to, for retirement is to live in different cities mm-hmm. around the country. Cause that's the way you really get to know a place. Right. You can't know a place being there for a week. You know a place by being there for six months, mm-hmm. and then you hang out, and you can have a job like she was. Uh, you know, she and her husband have a job where they can basically do it anywhere they have a phone, which is which is good to get some income that way. And I guess they're earning enough money to keep living their RV lifestyle, and maybe they. Just travel. I didn't get that with her, but travel to a certain point and then have to earn some money, and then they can save enough where they can go down to the next spot, mm-hmm, the next spot. Maybe, yeah. But I thought it would be an interesting way to see the country that way, where you could either work that, you know, on your phone or you're a bartender at some place or you work at a golf course. I mean, these seasonal jobs where just about anybody could do it, and you earn some money and live off some retirement and supplement it that way, and it might be fun.
1: Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to be working at bars on the side there to try to support <laughs> that lifestyle. <laughs> I'd rather do it if I was retired and had nothing but uh you know time to just enjoy enjoy the surroundings the rest of the day. I don't think it'd be fun to come home from a job back to your tiny little office well, why not? no with a cramped shower yeah, the-
0: <laughs> uh, Well, maybe you can build a a she shed and then uh, yes. and then you could have a really cool shower and a and, and a nice living room atmosphere, a she shed kind of thing on a trailer that you could tow behind your rv mm,
1: yeah yeah we'd, we'd be towing a lot I think <laughs> well, over time
0: it'd be more of a train than just yeah, a little a trailer. train
1: yeah exactly
0: or The a nicole train
1: various cars yeah
0: different than the soul train <laughs> yeah no i'd be an interesting lifestyle a whole different lifestyle oh yeah living in the rv i don't know if i could do it either uh so by now you've probably heard about this woman from albuquerque she earned a dui for riding one of those electric scooters, you see all around town, she was riding one of those electric scooters the wrong way down a one-way street. Now, I want you to listen to okay. the confrontation between her and this officer as he pulled her over, and then he was talking to her about possibly getting a DUI. So, so if I, I fill
1: this, I'm going to get a DWI? Is that what you're
2: saying?
3: Well, we're going to investigate and see how you do, and then we're going to go from there. That is a possibility, though. Yes, absolutely.
2: Are you joking me?
3: No. Look at me in the I'm eyes not. and tell me. Do you think I would have stopped you and done all this if I was joking?
2: Because I, right I was now. on a scooter and I went the wrong way. Yeah,
3: you were on a vehicle under state statute going the wrong direction on a one way. You're going southbound in the north on the second street. So, yes, I'm stopping you for that reason. I smell alcohol. We're going to do some infiltrating tests. Do you not want to do this test?
2: I just find you so ridiculous right now, like why are you doing this to me?
3: Because, I already told you Lily, you're driving a vehicle under state statute that's considered a motor vehicle because it's propelled by gas or electric And you're
2: not used to this, you're not, you don't live in a big city, we're from
3: Albuquerque <laughs> It doesn't matter what city I live in, I'm two applying beers. in Mexico State I had two beers, law
2: and you're gonna tell So me do you, you want to do these
3: take tests or not? It's up to you, I'm not going to force you to, and I'm so not going to argue with you what's the option, go to jail? Well if you don't want to do them, then I'm being forced to place you under arrest, absolutely yes so it's up to you whether you want to do these tests or
2: not. These tests are to
3: show impairment, and I can't um, establish I that if you don't want to do the tests. So
2: ridiculous, dude.
3: Well, this is real. Um, you're on a. Okay,
2: so then let's go back to the eye test. Okay.
0: What she should have done is refused the test anyway and just gone to get the DUI and go into court because it's really there, he was going to arrest her anyway. Yeah. Regardless I, I of you, the I test, I think a
1: lawyer would tell you to always, always, always. Just now, know. you you are
0: going <laughs> to automatically refuse or uh, lose your license, and there's yeah. some other uh, there's some other deterrents to make you want to take the test, but you shouldn't take the test. You know, I should have a lawyer on. Actually, I'm going to find a lawyer, and I'm going to have him on and ask him these questions. Yeah, good idea. Because I think that would be an interesting discussion. That, uh, as well as a bunch of other traffic. Oh yeah, issues.
1: definitely. Lots of lots of stuff. A good. Uh, personal injury lawyer could probably fill you in on
0: but that was 27 year old lily romero and she earned the distinction now of being the first resident of albuquerque arrested for dwi on an electric scooter just days after those vehicles were actually allowed legally on the town's roadways it didn't take but a couple of days
1: i miss albuquerque
0: now all (laughs) e-scooter riders must also obey traffic laws and Lily, obviously, was shocked to discover these rules after she was pulled over. I'm a little surprised that Lily, in that in that uh, interaction with a police officer, that she said that she was riding the scooter because she didn't want to drive drunk.
1: Yeah, well, there's somewhat of an admission there. Um, that I mean, it does make sense. You would walk home, I guess. Uh, well, if, she could have taken know, the Uber, the Lyft, the cab. Like, yeah.
0: Friend, whatever. Take an
1: Uber. I mean, it's probably safer for other people if you don't drive drunk and, and choose to dr- drunk scoot scooter instead. But it's not safe for yourself.
0: But she thought that scootering no. wasn't driving. Right. And that's that's you why she thought it was okay. It, yeah. She thought that it's not a car, mm-hmm. so therefore I'm not driving, i.e., in a car driving car drunk. Right. I am on a different vehicle, drunk, but I've heard of other people on bikes, and, uh, on yeah, yeah, bicycles, on horses, on lawn mowers, yeah, <laughs> all getting DUIs because they're on a vehicle, yeah, and and and, and they're drunk, and
1: yeah. you can't do that. No, I think it's uh, I I you know she she was interesting, I. Uh... That she sounded so appalled by the, uh, him and uh, making fun of them for being in Albuquerque and not the big cities where these scooters have been around for a while. I'm uh, unfortunately, I I'm not sure that we have that much uh, here in Denver. Have we had a a, DUI, a DUI scooter? No, scooter. that would be an
0: interesting call I'm, to I'm just Denver curious Police. Because does
1: that mean more people here have been respectful of?
0: No, I doubt I d- it. I
1: mean, no, I'm sure there have been people riding I, those drunk.
0: I'm sure that half of the people riding those scooters <laughs> at night are drunk. But I, I, I wonder how many have been either pulled over or arrested yeah. for DUI on the scooters by Denver police. It would be an interesting phone call to me. Yeah, it
1: would. And Albuquerque um, police... Or state? Did he say it was New Mexico State Police on that one? He I, said I it was in, in Albuquerque. He but yeah, it himself. Um, he, he they posted the video. I, I assume. Right. So they wanted people to know, hey, we'll arrest you, which surprises me that no agency here has said has come out with any of the
0: Oh, Denver the Police arrest. doesn't post anything like yeah, that. They that don't post had. any fun videos or educational. I mean, come on.
1: Well, maybe Seriously. I, I guess not. Albuquerque, though, we used to get some good body camera videos. Yeah, that was there, the last about, city that
0: you worked that was in. That where
1: I worked for a long time. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think one of the first times I ever saw a body cam video was, was a, a drunk woman yelling at the cop. <laughs> so... <laughs> So this kind of brought back those memories. But, yeah, I, you know, I I don't know. It's never smart to, to talk to an officer that way. Um, it's interesting how incredulous she was, though. Well, was. And,
0: and Lily, when she did finally go to jail, they made her take a breathalyzer test. Okay. And she was twice the legal limit. Oh. So I think she had more than just two, two beers. beers. Yeah. And you could hear the officer say, come on. I yeah. mean, when she said, I just had two beers. No, you didn't. You had way more than two beers yeah. because... You, you, you probably reeked of, of booze.
1: Yeah. And, and and who really is good at driving those scooters? That sounds dangerous. Yeah. more. I mean, not that I'm advocating for driving drunk, but a lot of us drive a car every day. You kind of are used to it. On a scooter, if you throw in alcohol, <laughs> I'm, I don't know where I'd be on one of those.
0: I think, I think somebody on the night side... Uh, especially working on the weekend, maybe a Friday or Saturday night reporter. That would be a great yeah, story I think, for them.
1: I think we need to do that. To
0: find some drunk scooters-ing going yeah. on.
1: I mean, it's amazing that to me, in a way, that there haven't been more problems with those. I know that we have a lot of accidents involving them. There have been a lot of injuries reported. But in some ways, it's kind of amazing you're not just seeing them all the time.
0: Just remember, people, that a scooter is a vehicle. Yes. As is a horse and a moped and a tricycle.
1: Bicycle and unicycle, yeah. yeah. Are you good on it the happens. unicycle? No, so therefore I would not ride one drunk.
0: <laughs> what would you ride drunk?
1: Oh, no, no, nothing, nothing. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, maybe my um, my exercise bike at home or something, you know. Okay. Something stationary.
0: Stationary, right. Yeah. But you're not really going to go anywhere very quickly on no. that, Nicole, at all. Again, uh, anything driving you crazy that's uh, out there except... Um, people scootering drunk?
1: No, I you know, I'm pretty pretty happy these days. Summers here.
0: No more good uh, road rage stories wife, from your husband?
1: No, nothing great. He's he I don't know, he kind of controls it. He still honks and <laughs> tries to correct the behavior of everyone, but no, he's he's been good. We've been good. Um I'm I'm reminded that July 4th coming up is the deadliest day on the roads. So just to Let people know. Make sure. Be be very careful out there.
0: And I think AAA was just coming out just a little while ago with some of their 4th of July predictions, uh, a forecast of how many people are going to be out and about driving. And with lower gas prices, it looks like there's going to be a lot of people out and about. And it's on a Thursday. The actual day, Independence Day, is on a Thursday this year. And so a lot of folks will have Thursday off, obviously, as a holiday. And then they take Friday off. As the um you know unofficial holiday, so it's gonna be a four day weekend for a lot of folks out there yeah. and about there, and you know what's so funny is that you 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 have the adults that are telling the kids, the young kids, no, 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 you guys can't light off the fireworks. This is leave it up to the professional older people who have been drinking all day to light off those fireworks. No, we can't have the children do it. Who, who are actually of clear mind. <laughs> we have to do it because we have been saucing ourselves for the last 12 hours.
1: Yeah, another thing not to do while drunk. Yeah. <laughs> right?
0: All right. Well, my, anyway. Last year,
1: my daughter, uh, you know, we did the sparklers, and we were telling them, okay, be careful. This is fire on the end. As soon as hers burned out, she touches the end. Oh,
0: of course, she does.
1: So that was the end of that.
0: <laughs> she's not going to do that not, again. I'm not
1: buying anything anymore. that that's
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, the last time she's doing that.
1: That's it. We might go to the big show in Highlands Ranch, where I live, this year.
0: Yeah. That'll be a good.
1: That one. I haven't gone yet, so.
0: Well, thanks again, Nicole, for being here. You're always a delight to uh, have on the old program.
1: Oh, it's always a delight to be here.
0: (laughs) We appreciate it very much. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'm Jason Luper, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.